The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home, cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm so happy to be in studio with you today. Uh, It's been... uh, been quite rainy lately i wish we had a little bit more snow but you know i'll take the rain i don't mind that we need rain it's probably snowing somewhere in idaho so that's good for us and uh will you know help us out during uh, the rest of the year so uh i wanted to get into uh, a topic today that uh, is something that you may or may not have heard of or have thought about in a while and thatching is something that uh you know we we just need to we need to talk about it every now and then it's a question that comes up fairly often and it's uh one of the things i was thinking we want to go deep well not that deep if you know thatch thatch isn't very deep actually it's uh right on the surface of the soil so i want to get into that today and talk about that at uh, at length and talk about how you can prevent it uh, keep it from coming back take care of it what to do all that good stuff if you have something that you would like to talk about though you can certainly do that i will uh gladly talk about any topics that you have on your mind if you got something going on in the lawn or the garden Anything going on with your trees or shrubs, let's talk about that too. So give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. It's January, as I'm sure we all know, and uh, it's time to start looking forward to spring. So this is one of these projects that you can do in your lawn. If it's something that you've never done, it may be something that you want to look into. If it's something, uh, you know, realistically, if you haven't done it ever, it might, might be something you need to do. So let's talk about it. What is thatch? Thatch is, uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest, I think we have a, a slightly, I don't know what the exact word is. It's, it's not quite uh, the correct term for what thatch is. Uh, typically, thatch is something that is going to show up in warmer climates with different grass types than we grow here in the Pacific Northwest. So it's a little bit different. What thatch is technically is a buildup of your uh, of, of rhizomatous. So if you don't know what a rhizome is, um, Tara, what was that look? That was a big fancy word for you, a uh, big $5 word. Uh, a rhizome is a modified root. So this, think about a strawberry plant. When you have a strawberry plant, it sends out uh, those little uh, roots that 
grow out and that produces a new plant. So in war- with warmer season grasses, that's how they reproduce. They send out rhizomes. They send out these modified roots that are sent out. They grow them out and then they grow up and root down, put in a new piece of grass. Now, this is not how the cool season grasses typically, well, most of the cool season grasses that we grow here in the Pacific Northwest reproduce. Most of the grasses that we grow here in the Northwest are going to be things like uh, perennial ryegrass, uh, your, uh, what was the other one? I just, it just, it just escaped my mind. Fescue. So perennial ryegrass and your fescues are going to be more of the grasses that we grow around here. There's one other one, and that's going to be Kentucky bluegrass. Now, Kentucky bluegrass will grow these runners, these rhizomes, and it does spread that way. But it also tends to grow more or reproduce more from seed. And that's typically what your perennial ryegrass and your fescues, that's how they reproduce. So they they want to go to seed. That's how they spread. They don't have these rhizomes or even um, the stolen would be the other term for a modified root. That would be a stolen is how something like a quaking aspen uh, grows its roots out and puts up a new tree, right? Um, uh, it's quack grass is a common weedy grass that sends out a stolen, and those roots grow up new plants. But the uh, perennial ryegrass and the fescues, they go to seed. Now, the Kentucky bluegrass, as I mentioned, does have rhizomes, or excuse me, a, 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 a stolen, no, it is a rhizome. Which one am I? I'm getting all mixed up now. Uh, so, but it does reproduce that way through these modified roots and, uh, but it also does grow, tend to have more seed production as well. So it's kind of like this middle ground, but you don't have to, it's not as vigorous. That's one of the things that's really different about Kentucky bluegrass to those other warm season grasses. The warm season grasses would be the ones like, uh, buffalo grass. Uh, St. Augustine grass, zoysia grasses, those are the grasses that they grow in those warmer climates. And, uh, we don't, we don't grow them much up here. People that have those grasses, they have some different things to deal with, but we just, we just don't see them much up here in the, in, in the Treasure Valley or really in the Pacific Northwest. Sometimes I guess if you're near like a golf course, you might have to deal with it a little bit more often, but typically, uh, most homeowners are not going to have any of those kinds of grasses. So thatch is, as those uh, stolons, as those runners build up, it creates a thatch layer, and that thatch layer gets can get very large. So knowing that now about thatch, what it is technically, uh, what is it that we are dealing with when we talk about thatch in the... Pacific Northwest, the types of grass with the types of grasses that we grow here. Typically, what we're seeing is a buildup of organic material. So say you're mowing the lawn, and I tend to see this more in, and I don't know exactly why I used to, I don't want to say I I would blame like a turf company, like if you had sod, like I don't want to you know, point blame or say somebody's doing something wrong, but I tend to see it more in lawns that were sodded. And I think it's because on a, on a sod farm, they're growing the grass very quickly. They're giving it a lot of, uh, nutrients. They're giving it a lot of fertilizer very quickly. It's growing up. They're mowing it very consistently and they don't bag those clippings on the sod farm. So you've got a lot of extra clippings that are left on the lawn and that stuff starts to build up. As you clip the grass, that blade 
dies and it takes a while for it to decompose. If you've ever had, you know, tried to start a compost pile with a whole bunch of grass clippings, you'll know that the grass clippings don't decompose very quickly. And that is the same that's happening in your lawn. If you, those clippings are left on the lawn, it takes them a long time to actually decompose. They might kind of go away. They kind of work down into closer to the soil, but they don't decompose very quickly. So you, that's, that's kind of what we're seeing with Pacific Northwest lawns. A lot of times it's those clippings that are left on the lawn and over time they build up. Now, because Kentucky bluegrass does have some of that rhizome, uh, it will build up a little bit over time. So if it's a grass that's heavy in Kentucky bluegrass, that's, that's a situation where you might see a lot of thatch there. But sometimes, like I said, a lot of times it's just that buildup of dead material. And that dead material gets down there. It sits kind of on the on, on the surface of the soil, and it builds up over time. So it starts to become a major problem with our lawn, and we 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 don't see it. And I think that's one of the 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 major takeaways here is we don't see thatch, and so it's one of the issues that starts to happen in our lawns that we don't really recognize because it's not something that you see. We see a lot of the secondary effects, but you don't see thatch just on the surface. When you look out at your lawn, you're not really going to see thatch until somebody points out that you have thatch. Then you'll start to actually be able to see it. Well, you, even then, you're still not really seeing it. You'll start to notice when you walk on it, you'll you'll notice a different. It starts to feel very spongy. Uh, if you dig up a chunk of the lawn, so this would be how I would do a lawn sample if I went out to somebody's house and I and I was looking at the the lawn and trying to diagnose what the problem is I'll take a, a shovel and I'll cut a square of it up and we'll go down about you know six to eight inches or so and we want to get down to the soil and when you cut that section out and you pick it up and you look at it in profile you'll very quickly recognize that thatch layer because it's going to show up you'll see at the bottom you see soil it's going to just you know look like soil it's usually around here it's going to be fairly gray uh, unless you know it's been watered then it's going to be a much darker color and then just above the soil where the soil stops and you start to get into where the grass should be you'll see this big thick sponge it almost i mean it really looks and feels a lot like a big sponge and that sponge is growing or building up on top of the soil. And then as you go a little bit higher, you start to see the grass come through above that. So so that's what thatch is. And uh, we're going to go to a quick break. But next segment, I want to get into why we want to do something about that. So we'll do that. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we can talk about other things that might be on your mind. Give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Shaw Samzo, and with the weather we've been having, the wild birds are hungry. So if you feed them, they will come. But better yet, when you attract them with the best wild bird feed from Zamzo's and provide fresh water from one of our heated bird baths, the birds will stay, providing you with free entertainment, natural pest control, and a song every morning clear into summer. That's because right now in Idaho, when it's cold, food is scarce. But if you get a good bird feeder, put it in a good location, and fill it with Zamzo's top quality feed, you're going to look out your window 
window a few days later and see the entire backyard filled with wild birds. And Zamzos has everything you need to be successful, including Idaho's largest selection of feeders in many new styles, plus Idaho's best selection of wild bird feeds, all formulated for birds that frequent the Treasure Valley. So if you've been thinking about feeding the wild birds, there's not a better place to go than Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including Federal Way and Geckler in Southeast Boise. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part two, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, we are talking today about thatch. I wanted to just get into a, a topic very deeply, just really get into it, talk about what it is, why we want to do something about it, how to fix it. So we're going to keep, I'm going to keep talking about that. But if you would like to talk about something else, if you have a question, uh, something that's going on in your lawn and garden, if you're looking forward to spring, I would love to hear about those sorts of things. So give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. All right. In the last segment, we were, I was defining what is thatch and it's a, it's a term that's, as I mentioned, is is kind of, uh, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, it's not technically thatch. What we're dealing with a lot of times is not not the technical term for thatch, but in practice, it's doing the same thing. We've got this buildup of organic material that's making a sponge, essentially, on the top of the soil, in between the soil and where the grass is growing. So let's talk about why we want to do something about thatch. We've We've discussed what it is, but there's a lot of things that go into causing a problem when when the thatch layer gets too large. Now, typically, the thatch layer, there's always going to be, I wouldn't say always, but a lot of times there's always going to be some amount of this thatch built up in your lawn to varying degrees. It doesn't become a real issue until you're getting closer to like about an inch two inches, that's a big thatch layer. And what it, it starts to do a number of things that cause a lot of stress to your lawn. The first issue, and I would say, I, I would probably say one of the bigger issues that it's doing to your lawn is it's preventing water from getting, when you apply it to you putting water out on your lawn, it's preventing that water from getting through that thatch layer and down to the soil. The grass is not growing in the thatch layer. It's growing through the thatch layer. The roots are still in the soil. So the water has to get down to the soil for the grass to use it. And the thatch layer, because it kind of acts like this sponge, is soaking up all the water. And when we, you know, we talk a lot about watering, particularly, you know, in the warmer time of the year, most of us don't put enough water out on our lawn. So we we tend to water uh, for a smaller amount of time and we do it frequently. So if you're only watering for 10 minutes and you've got, you know, an inch or two of thatch in uh, above your your soil there, that water, that's not a lot of water <coughs> and uh it's not getting down to the roots. Then that is obviously a big problem. A lot of times when I uh do a lawn call for people throughout the area and I identify a thatch layer, you know, and I talk to people about how they're watering, you know, they're usually not watering quite long enough. And when I dig up those, those areas to take out that, look at that lawn sample, you know, they could have just water and I can feel the water on the grass as I'm pulling it out. 
but the soil underneath is just bone dry. The water's not getting through the thatch layer. And so that is a huge issue. So that's probably the number one issue. Along with that, you're going to start to see a lot of heat stress because these two come together, right? In the spring, it's not going to be as big of an issue because the water demand on the lawn isn't as critical. You've got rain typically. We've got extra water that's just kind of free. It's out there. where It's doing its thing. So a lot of times the lawns, even with a big thatch layer, is going to look okay in the spring. That's very typical. It's something that I would expect to see. But as we start to warm up, and in Idaho it can get very warm, as we all know, that lack of water getting down through the thatch layer into the soil begins to start creating or it's not creating the heat stress it's adding to the heat stress so it's compounding issues you've got one issue that's leading to another issue that's leading to another issue and my lawn looks terrible so heat stress is kind of your it's more of like a secondary cause right so it's it's adding to the issue that you already have in that the water is not going down. So one, we always want to change up our watering habits. We want to water longer. We want to water for a longer amount of time. So that water gets through. If you have a thatch layer, it's getting through all the way through that thatch layer and into the soil where the lawn can use it. But we still want to get rid of the thatch. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Another uh, very common issue that you'll see, and I, we've seen this more and more, I think, over the years, are chinch bugs. Chinch bugs is a very common pest in the Treasure Valley. We, I, I would say we've seen it more and more over the, the last few years. I don't know if it's because there's a lot of thatch layer out there or chinch bugs just really like the laws of the Northwest. I don't really know. Uh, but it is something that's is very common. And the reason chinch bugs become such an issue, now if you don't know what a chinch bug is, let's get into that for just a moment. A chinch bug is a very small true bug that eats the lawn. And it well it doesn't eat the lawn. What it actually does is it has like a little snout and that little snout will go around and it, it pierces. It's kind of like a mosquito. It or it's you know it's not related to a mosquito, but it acts like a mosquito in the way it eats. It pierces the grass blade and it's sucking the water and the nutrients out of the grass blades. And at the same time, it's actually putting in uh, a poison. Uh, I don't know exactly what the term would be some sort of, there's probably a scientific term for that issue or what a bug does in that. So it's probably the mosquitoes. I think do that. That's why a mosquito bite itches. Anyway, their saliva tends to start killing the lawn, and they're also eating the blades. They're eating the nutrients out of the grass blades. So chinch bug populations will tend to explode once the temperatures rise. So the temperature starts at usually probably around late May, early June is when we typically start to see it. As the temperatures are really rising, uh, that's when we tend to see a lot of chinch bug population boom so they just explode in population if you've got a thatch layer they tend to really explode in those areas more than others because that thatch layer they're such a small bug that they can actually get in and hide in the thatch layer so that becomes it they it becomes dif more difficult for them to be killed by your uh, insecticides you, it's, you're going to apply your insecticides and it's not they're going to be actually able to hide get away from it by digging getting further into that thatch layer so it contributes it makes it harder for that to, to control them and 
they just they they because they've got this area that they can hide in, the populations just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it kills more and more and more of the lawn. So when we get lawn samples into the stores, you know, we we look at it and we take a look at it and we we're flipping it over. If you've ever bought a lawn sample in, you know, you've got your your section of the lawn and we flip it over. That's one of the first things I do anymore is I flip it over and I kind of rough it up into a tray. And a lot of times you've seen that thatch layer and I just, I know I'm going to see chinch bugs and they'll just be all over the place. If you're uh, afraid of bugs or you get kind of creepy crawly, it is not one to look at. You will certainly uh, feel like your skin is itching uh, when you see chinch bugs crawling around in that thing. So big, they become a big issue and, and can be very difficult to control. So the next thing that again is more of kind of a secondary cause is the grass begins to thin out. So over time, if this, this problem isn't taken care of, isn't corrected, the lawn starts to thin out. So you get Larger areas that are dying, that be, brings in a lot of weeds, brings in a lot of other issues. And when you go to reseed those places, the seed doesn't do very well because it's not actually growing or germinating in the soil. It's germinating on top of the thatch layer. And so when that seed germinates on top of the thatch layer, it's got to send a root down all the way through that thatch layer to get down to the soil before it's actually in the soil where it can take in more of the water and nutrients that it needs. It can't grow for a very long time in that sponge, that thatch layer sponge. So with the heat stress, with the water stress, as that problem progresses, as it continues on, you're going to see more and more of the areas dying out, leading again to more and more issues in the lawn. So that is why we want to take care of thatch in the lawn, or those are the, the things that cause our issues. So in the next segment, I'm going to talk about what we're going to do to get rid of it. If you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and if you do the food shopping for your family like I do, you've probably noticed that the price of everything, even dog food, has gone up. That's especially true of national brand dog foods, where some are over $80 a bag. Well, that's exactly the reason Zamzo's developed our own line of dog foods, so we could control the quality and keep our prices reasonable. At Zamzo's, we have 90 years of experience formulating top quality animal feeds. Our new fundamentals line is a great example of experience at work. You see, a good dog food doesn't have to have expensive ingredients. It needs quality fundamental ingredients that dogs love, but at a price that makes sense. Plus, in fundamentals, there's no corn, no wheat, no soy, which means no allergies. And three formulas to choose from, chicken, turkey, and whitefish. Remember, our best dog foods are in the Grandma Z's Super Premium line. But for a premium pet food at a super price, try our new Fundamentals line of dog foods from Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including State Street, across from the golf course. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and... Uh, Let's get into some thatch issues. If you, we, we've been talking about thatch. We're going to keep talking about thatch. Unless you have a question, you got something that you want to ask about, or really just something that you're interested in, or 
want to look forward to next spring, I uh, am all about hearing those things. So give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. In the last segment we were talking about, or I was talking about, I guess, I am talking, I'm not talking to myself, I am talking to you folks, but, you know, it feels like you're talking to yourself. I was talking about what we want, why we want to get rid of thatch, because there's a lot of issues that come along with thatch, lead to problems in our lawn, and we want to have a nice, healthy, green-looking lawn. So we want to eliminate thatch. It causes a lot of problems. So let's talk about how we're going to do that. There are two kind of like basic ways you're going to get rid of thatch in your lawn. So the first one is probably more of your traditional method, and this is going to be a physical is physical removal. You're going to just tear it out of the lawn. And there's going to be a couple different ways you can do that. What I prefer is going with the mechanical approach. I've got, I don't have a large lawn, but I have, it's big enough. Uh, but you're going to use uh, a machine. So this is a machine you're going to rate from rent from Tate's or, you know, whatever rental machine place is near you. It's going to be like a, uh, it's like a big air. It's about the size of an aerator. If you've ever used an aerator for your lawn. Um, it works similarly to, you're going to, you know, use it like a lawnmower, but it's a lot heavier. So it's a, it's a heavier machine. It's not something that you're going to really, you know, have, you're not going to own a thatching machine. You might own a thatching blade for your lawnmower. And I know a lot of people like those personally. It's not something that I've ever done. Uh, I don't really, you know, I know, I know some people that have used them. You kind of have to change the blade out, which is kind of a hassle, uh, and, you know, not everybody wants to do that. And realistically, you don't have to do thatching that often in the lawn. So I just like to rent a machine if it's something that I'm going to do. You're going to rent that machine. You're going to bring it in and you're going to go over. It's kind of use. It's kind of got like it looks it's kind of gruesome. It looks like this wheel of knives essentially is what it is. And uh, it looks like, you know, it's something from almost like a horror movie, I guess. But it's it's going to be for your lawn. But in the end, it's going to be the results are going to be much better than anything, you know, that is really scary in a movie. And it's uh, it's just going to be gas powered. You're going to go over the lawn. It's going to, it's got usually got like a lever. So you're going to lower it down. It's going to get real close to the lawn and you want to make sure that it's getting as low as you can. The, the wheel has to get down deep into that thatch layer. You want it to get all the way to the soil because if you're not getting all the way down, you're doing all this work. There's still, and there's still a thatch layer. You've kind of wasted your time. So you really got to get it as low as you can. And you're just going to roll it across the lawn. Usually it's going to have a, a PTO, so it's going to move itself. You're not going to have to push it. It's going to pull itself along the lawn. And as it goes, those little knives are going to be going in there and they're digging it out. It's just tearing out the thatch from the just at that soil level. And it's pulling it up, and you're going to get a ton of material. If you've got a bad thatch layer, it's going to be a ton of stuff. Like You will be surprised how much stuff you pull out of the lawn. So what you're typically going to have to do, uh, with if you, no matter what how you do this mechanically, you're going to go over the lawn. You're going to think, oh, my gosh, look at all this stuff that I got, and you're going to rake it all out. And if you stop there... You're not quite done. You're once you do that, you're not you're not finished. You need to go over it again, probably two or three times sometimes to really make sure you've removed all of that thatch layer as best you can. You've got to get it out of there. And you don't want to have to do this again. So, 
Make sure you go, you're going to go over it, go over it all once, rake everything off, go over it again, but go maybe a different direction, rake it all off, go over it again until you're really not pulling anything up. Probably going to, you know, two times is probably enough. You might have to do a third. It just depends on how much thatch is there. And you will have probably a good truck load or two of that material that you're going to have to load up and take to the dump. It's it's going to be an ordeal. It's going to be a, it's, it's a project. This is a lawn renovation project. It's going to take some effort and going to take some work. So once you've pulled all that up, you're just going to remove it. Now, you can also do it if you've got a smaller lawn, you can use a rake. And if you, I, that's why I say, like, if you've got, you know, anything really above 2,500 square feet, I really would recommend just renting the machine. It's not that expensive. It's going to take you a couple hours and it's going to make it a, a much easier process for you. Because if you've ever gone out and tried to thatch your lawn with a rake, you're going to wish that you had just gone ahead and rented the machine because it's going to take a lot. You can use like a standard steel tine, like 14 tine rake and really get in there. It's going to take a lot of raking. You're going to have tired shoulders uh, when you're, I mean, just a little ways into it. It's not going to take long because you really got to get in there and you're going to rake, 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 rake. You're going to get, you know, and, and then you're going to move to the next spot. There is a thatching rake that you can purchase. And I've never used one. We we sell them at Zamzos, and it should make it a bit easier. And and really, what that one is is it's kind of like the same sort of knives that are on the uh, the the thatching machine, but it's more it's it's in a mechanical like handheld sort of thing. So you're gonna go over it, and it kind of rocks, so you can pull and then push it without having to pick it all the way up so you can kind of just go back and forth makes it a little bit easier if you're going to go with the hand method but i really wouldn't unless you have a you know a small area it's it's going to be hard going so those are the ways you're going to get rid of it mechanically just physically removing it from the area one of these two methods now the other way you can do this <coughs> is uh, you can actually do this biologically. So you can remove thatch by activating biological, just getting more biological activity in your soil around your lawn, and it will actually eat up thatch. And the way you can do this, we've incidentally have two very good products at Zamzo's that will help you out with this. Humagreen, uh, as we all know, is a great biological activator for the soil, but in a thatch situation, it's actually going to help reduce thatch in your lawn by increasing that biological activity. It speeds up the decomposition process, and it decomposes that thatch layer. It's not going to be as fast as the mechanical, physical removal sec way of doing it, but it is certainly a lot easier. Walking over the lawn, putting some humigreen out is a lot easier. And if you really want to speed it up, and you can actually do either one of these, or you can do both, you can use Thrive. And Thrive is, is a tremendous fertilizer. It's staple product at Zamzo's. Thrive is also, again, very good at increasing biological activity wherever you put it. So you, you, know, you can use Thrive on your compost pile, and you will see tremendous results. That compost pile will start to work really quickly. Same thing is going to happen in your lawn. You use Thrive over that. It's going to help decompose that thatch layer. You're going to speed it up really quickly. That with Humagreen, you got a winning combination. It's going to really just eat that thatch up super fast. 
I mean, when I say super fast, you know, you're looking at probably a month or so, maybe a little bit more. It just depends on how much thatch you have there. If you've got a, you know, really big thatch problem, might take a couple of applications of that to really decompose it. You've got a lot of benefit from the added nutrients from the Humagreen and the Thrive. So you're, you're doing a lot more for the soil in that case. It's just going to take a little bit longer, but it is a lot easier to do. It's something that you're, you know, you're just going to have, it's really easy. Thrive is really easy to apply. We've got our siphons at the store. We've got a YouTube video that shows you how to apply it with that. And uh, it's very easy. It's very good, good way to use it. Now with the mechanical method of removing your thatch, I'm going to warn you right now, your lawn is going to look really, really bad. It's going to, you're going to, I've had, you know, people tell, like, almost get mad at me uh, after they've done this. And they come back and say, what did you make me do? My lawn looks horrible. And so I just have to add that in there. If you do the mechanical method, the lawn is going to get torn up. It's not going to look good for a, a few, a while, probably a two to three weeks. It's going to look pretty shabby, but it's done so much. You've got so much stuff that you've removed from there. It's, it's one of those things that's going to hurt before it gets better. You've got to work that out, and it will get better. I, I promise you. It's going to get better. You've done, once you've done it, it's gonna, so many things are going to be alleviated that the lawn is going to recover, and it's going to start looking a lot better. So let's talk about timing, when you would want to do this. Typically, I would say you should be doing this around March through mid to late March to into April. That's kind of the ideal time to start considering this project. So if this is something that you want to think about. Start planning now. We're going to get, we got one more segment here. Should we go to a break? Tari, yeah, let's go to a break. If you want to be a part of the show, we got one more segment. I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Shaw Samzo, and with the weather we've been having, the wild birds are hungry. So if you feed them, they will come. But better yet, when you attract them with the best wild bird feed from Zamzo's and provide fresh water from one of our heated bird baths, the birds will stay, providing you with free entertainment, natural pest control, and a song every morning clear into summer. That's because right now in Idaho, when it's cold, food is scarce. But if you get a good bird feeder, put it in a good location, and fill it with Zamzo's top quality feed, you're going to look out your window a few days later and see the entire backyard filled with wild birds. And Zamzo's has everything you need to be successful, including Idaho's largest selection of feeders in many new styles, plus Idaho's best selection of wild bird feeds, all formulated for birds that frequent the Treasure Valley. So if you've been thinking about feeding the wild birds, there's not a better place to go than Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including Federal Way and Geckler in Southeast Boise. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for the final segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We've got a little bit of time left, so we will try to get as many phone calls as we can in. But we do have Betty in Weezer on the line now. Betty, how's it going? How can I help you today? Wonderful. I have my garden is in pots. Yeah. Is it a good time to repot? To add, like, your new soil and stuff? 
Or do you have plants in there now? I have plants in there now, and I, uh, they they need to be go to the next size up. Yeah, I well, what kind of plant? Which which plants are you dealing with? Do you have right now? Blackberry, raspberry, and uh, daylilies. Okay, yeah, I think you can. Those should all be dormant now, and and this would be a great time to do that. Uh, they're gonna be. They're not gonna be real actively growing, so. Uh, removing them and, and putting them into new pots is not going to be very stressful for them. It's going to give them plenty of time to readjust and, and get ready for spring. So I would definitely go ahead and do that now. Great. Thank you. You bet. Have fun with it. Repotting. You'll get to play in the dirt, and that's not something we get to do right now. It would be very cathartic. Let's go to Vicky in Boise. Vicky, how's it going? How can I help you today? Hi, Nolan. Um, great. Thank you. Um I had horrible chinch bug problem last year. Do they hibernate in that same area, or do they die, and, or how are they going to come back? Um, it's it's very likely that you you probably will could have an issue with them again. They're going to overwinter, and and that's that is a, another place that they can. If you've got some thatch layer, they can overwinter there. They're going to find a lot of different places to overwinter. They could go in leaf litter. They can get into your flower beds under bark. Really anywhere that they can get down kind of in a place that they can get away from the the coldest elements. So, you know, a lot of times in like beds, uh, like your flower beds and things, sometimes it's not a bad idea to go out there. Like if you've got bark, you can actually, if you rake it around, if you've got rock, you can't really do that. But sometimes exposing them can actually kind of help alleviate some of the population. But chances are, yeah, you might have an issue with them again. This next spring. Well, I got I, I got a product from your store and sprayed, and it really it really helped tremendously. But it was yeah. just too late in the season, and I didn't know. I was just curious if they died or hibernated. Yeah, and, well, if you yeah if you applied something, you you probably got a good control on the population. What I would do is in probably mid May. Uh, depending on how the weather goes, if it's warming up really quickly, you might need to go a little bit sooner. But typically around mid-May, if you apply probably the same product you applied last year to control them, if you use that same product in May, you can actually that actually has a uh, a systemic, so it'll actually prevent them from really getting to take over. So you can okay. apply it early. And then usually that takes it lasts for about three months. Apply it again, so that way you get that six months of protection where they're going to be at their worst. Well, maybe I'll apply it after we do. I'm sorry. What was that? I I, I missed that. Um, maybe I'll apply that product after we thatch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you will want to do it after your thatch. And that's a good point, actually. And I didn't bring that up. If you are going to do that thatching, you're going to want to put off any other like fertilizing or uh, chemical applications, because when you thatch, you're going to pull all that stuff up. You want it would at least want to do it uh, a, a number of weeks beforehand. But yeah, I would definitely do it after thatching. And you okay. could you could do a fertilizing before, but you would I would give it probably two or three weeks after fertilization before you did anything like that. Okay, great. And remember when I called you about the deer um, rubbing all their velvet off of my tulip tree and took took it all the way down to the yeah. center core. Um, 
I lost it, but I have a beautiful tulip bush now that mm. bloomed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they will, yeah, that's it's only about three feet tall instead of ten feet tall. Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, it's too bad that you you know it's not going to be uh, the tree that you wanted. But uh, if it's blooming, that's still that's still nice. Yeah. So that's it that's, works for me. All right, good. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Nolan. Yeah, thanks for the call. Thanks for the update, too, Vicki. I appreciate that. All right, so let's um, let's finish up this Thatch conversa- conversation. As I mentioned before in the last segment, uh, once you do that physical removal, it is going to tear the lawn up. It's going to be just it's it's going to look shaggy. You're gonna you're gonna need to do something if you're gonna do this thatching. You really need to work in some overseeding into the budget. The big benefit, the best benefit you can get from doing a thatching is to overseed when you're done. And you want to overseed the entire area that you've done this to because it, it a lot of, you know, if you did the physical removal, it's going to look pretty shaggy. So getting that new, that new grass in there is going to look really good. And this is another thing that we don't tend to do a lot as homeowners is reseed our lawn because we just we don't think about it. The lawn's there; it's doing its thing, looks okay all the time. But if you look at like something like a golf course, you know one of the reasons they have such nice lawns is because they have new, fresh seed in there multiple times a year. New seed is always going to look better than an old grass plant, and that's just kind of the way it is. So you really want to go do some overseeding, get some overseed, get some new seed down. It's going to come in. I did a thatching on my lawn. Gosh, I th- it's probably been. Six years ago, when's the last time I had to do a thatch uh, on my lawn? That was right about when I moved in. So it was probably a little bit longer. Yeah, no, actually, gosh, is it twelve years ago? It might have been twelve years ago that I did this. Uh, maybe not quite twelve, maybe ten. But it's been a long time <coughs> since I've done it. Um, but that year, putting the new seed down after that thatch. The lawn looked amazing. It's going to look so good after you do this this work. You will not be disappointed. It will be time well spent. So definitely consider doing your overseeding. Now, to keep that thatch from building back up, like I said, typically in the Northwest, we don't have to deal with thatch on a regular basis. Once you've gotten it taken care of and it's under control, you should never have to really thatch again. And you can help with that by doing that combination of Humagreen and Thrive, as I mentioned before. So even just applying extra Humagreen really helps bring that thatch level down. Adding Humagreen and doing Thrive once or twice a year, awesome for the lawn, tremendous for the thatch. It's going to just eat up anything that is there, and you're going to have a really great-looking lawn because you just put Humagreen and Thrive on it, and it will look tremendous. But it is also doing that biological work, and it's getting rid of any thatch. And once you've done that, you've alleviated that thatch layer, you're going to see so many things just kind of go away. You're going to have less chance of getting chinch bugs. You're going to see fewer chances of diseases. Your watering is going to be easier. And your lawn is just going to like it. It's going to, it's because it's growing how it wants to. It's not competing with this big sponge that it's got to grow through. So do that and you will have a very nice looking lawn for years to come. So, and even just humor green and thrive on a regular basis is really good for the lawn. So does a lot of really good stuff. All right. 
So we are just about out of time, and I want to thank everybody for calling and really getting into this thatch layer. If there's something that you want to really dive into and really talk for a long time about a specific subject, I would love to hear about that. You can email me, zamzos at zamzos.com, and uh, I would love to get into deep, you know, into these topics uh, deeper and just discuss them on a, a more in-depth basis. So feel free to give me an email with your suggestions. I would love to hear that. And uh, I will be off for the next couple weeks, and uh, I will talk to you all in a few. So have a great Saturday. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBY. This is Josh Samzo, and with some national brands of dog food costing over $90 a bag, it's time for every pet owner to take a good look at what you're feeding your dog. That's why Zamzo's has been formulating our own line of dog and cat foods dating back to the 1970s. And if you're looking to save money in these tight times, we have a quality pet food for every budget. Our Zamzo's Chunk is a good basic dog food that's better than grocery store pet foods at a better price. Our Zamzo's Pro Sport is for active dogs with 24% protein and 20% fat. Our new Fundamentals line provides excellent nutrition using top quality ingredients. But the creme de la creme is and always will be our Grandma Z Super Premium line, which comes in five different formulas, puppy, senior, lamb, chicken and vegetable, and grain free. So if you want to save money on what you're feeding your dog or cat and feed a better food, come see us at Zamzo's and let us find the fresh local food that's best for your dog.